Welcome back to the Bible Reading Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Shelnut, and I am joined by the awesome, by the amazing, the incomparable Nessa Goth. Nessa, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Feeling good. It's a new week. We're doing great. Yeah, it's great. We are into October already. Like, we're, we're trucking right along. I feel like this month is going to be another fast month. For sure. Um, if anyone wants to know, I'm drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Not getting sleep, but so is the newborn phase. It's still good. God is still a blessing. And we are here and we are excited. Did you guys enjoy last week? Boop, boop. Um, I had to go back and listen to it four more times because it was that good having Sam and Tony here sharing their testimony, sharing their word. Mm-hmm. Um, we were so blessed by them. We we were so happy to have them here. Um, we do have Sam back here. <laughs> we dragged him out for another week on the podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed him. And we are joined by someone who is such a sunshine, such a light. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her so much. She's the best in the, in the business. <laughs> She's great. Um, she is Sam's wife, Chrissy Hilton. Hello, Chrissy, welcome for the first time ever to Bible Reading Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. We're so happy to have you. Um, And who knows, we might have some surprise guests along the way. It's going to be good. Uh, Hi, you guys. Welcome back. Um, We got a little heavy last week, but we're going to get even heavier. So I hope y'all did your weight training because it's going to be good. Yes. (laughs) So welcome back. Um, We brought Chrissy in so we could hear her side of the story and so we could hear how her life was affected by addiction and how her marriage was affected by addiction and the part she played in helping bring you to Jesus. So. You know, you guys go, go ahead. Tell us all about it. Yes. Well, I can say that, um, so me and Chrissy started out very bad. Um, She was going through a divorce with a husband that was um, an alcoholic. And, um, and of course, I wasn't a drug addict, you know. So I was like a knight in shining armor. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) And um, so, you know, I just, we just, well, actually, we started out at 10 and 11 years old. And we were, my dad was a baseball coach, like I said, last week. And her, her brother played on my dad's baseball team, went to the Little League World Series, all this stuff. So we kind of had, like, so I kind of hooked her on that. Like, you know, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in love when we were kids. Aww. Um, <laughs> and, like, I was... I was good at uh, at manipulating. Oh yeah, uh, you were very good. Yeah. You said, I mean, I even said, whatever you do, don't fall in love with me. And you're like, too late. And I went, oh. <laughs> yeah. And so we had we had um, like she didn't know that I was on drugs or anything at the beginning, and I got her to fall for me before I kind of opened that door up. Um, so I got her hook, line, and sinker, you know, and. Um, and they love Jesus, you guys. Yes. We promise. <laughs> they love Jesus. Oh, yeah. this, is this is just the beginning. This was before. Oh, yeah. And it was and it was bad. Like I mean, even um, like I said, she came and lived with me. Uh Tony from last week, he lived there. Um, his brother Jason and another woman lived there. We'd have people come over. Everyone was doing drugs, except Chrissy. Um I don't know. How, I don't know how she wasn't doing drugs, but she wasn't. Um, and but she would stay up with us and all this stuff. Like and and like I can still remember the first day that she found out that I did methamphetamine. Um, she was very angry, and she left the house, 
And I was very much a child, um, and I could push buttons like you wouldn't believe. And um, she got very mad, walked out the door, came back in, drilled me in the face like Mike Tyson. And uh, that's when the love affair started, <laughs> you know, like, um, but it, it was like that. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Even when we went to go get married, her dad said, don't do it. Like I called him up. I said, Hey, Bill, uh, I want to marry your daughter. Can I have your blessing? He said, uh, yeah, have Chrissy call me. <laughs> <laughs> Texted me the whole way down to Florida. Don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Wow. And so she should have listened to him, but she didn't. No. I thank God she didn't. But um, but yeah, it was... Uh, well, we need to back up a little bit, too. Okay, let's back up. Let's back it up. So the whole thing, if I might digest, that we kept kind of feeling like God was moving us together, but it was really the enemy that was pulling us together. Mm. Like we would have... I would be out at Sam's house, and I would need to go back home to my family and... <laughs> tornado would come through mm. and I'm like, Oh wow. I guess that's God wanting us to be together. You know? I mean, it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy will just take your vulnerability mm-hmm. and he'll trick you into thinking that this is something from God versus this is complete and total sin that mm-hmm. you're doing. Right. And, um, the other thing is I was living in a townhouse, so I wasn't always living with Sam from the get go. I was living in a townhouse and my, my son set fire to it. And yeah. So, I mean, there were like these crazy natural unexplainable disasters that were having us pull each other together. And I mean, we just, we didn't know that the biggest disaster was our relationship. Yes. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it was, it was, and that's how we looked at it. We thought, we thought we were Christians. I mean, we went to church, you know, we did everything that we were supposed to there. Um, we only went on Sunday. Like we didn't, we weren't involved in anything. Nope. I was doing methamphetamine in the bathroom at the church, you know, so our lives, the fruit of our lives were not church worthy, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, but we were just going to check a box to say we went to church and all this stuff. Well, I was going to church because I knew that you were in your addiction at that point. Uh, no. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. But anyway, because I'm a short person, my husband's about six foot tall, and you can look right up somebody's nose and see remnants. Mm-hmm. But the whole entire thing was that was Tony's proving. <laughs> that's exactly what happens when you're with an addict: is they gaslight and they mm-hmm. make you feel like you're. crazy that you're just making this stuff up, that you're just creating problems just to create problems. Mm. And my whole reason for going to church was not for to get to know God. It was for Sam to get to know God. Mm. I would go there and I would hope that Sam would get something out of the message. And then he'd come out of the bathroom and there'd be stuff up his nose and he would always say it's boogers. <laughs> but or it was a good message. I was crying. Yes. It was just it was all these different types of things. But what happens is when you're with an addict, you draw those lines of like you draw a line in the sand at first and you're like, okay, well he's not doing this. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna accept, you know, what I can for right now. But then those bars keep getting higher and higher and higher. 
And before you know it, you're telling yourself, well, he might be talking to women online and he might be, you know, sending bad pictures and stuff back and forth, but he's not sleeping with them. Mm -hmm. And you're, what happens is you start, like, as Pastor Mark said, you know, that devil's in your kitchen eating brownies and he's feeding you things too. He's like, well, he's not doing this. So it keeps, it keeps your demons attached to each other. Like Sam and my demons were so magnetically pulled together that unless there was something broken, some kind of bloodshed or something in our house, the fight was going to continue. And usually it ended up with the worst things that we could say to each other. Mm -hmm. And before you, you realize it, you don't even know who you're looking at in the mirror. So in his addiction, I became the worst version of myself. Mm -hmm. And the whole entire time I'm like, well, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I'd be hitting him, you know, breaking car doors. I mean, it was just everything out of, out of my character, mm-hmm. but it was all because he was an addict. Right. So. Yeah. And I would, and like, it, it was, it was insane. I mean, like I would stay in the bathroom for five hours, mm-hmm. you know, just in there doing a lot of stuff that you shouldn't be doing. But, um, and Chrissy would be at the door, like, you know, trying to look under the door to see what I was doing in there. And I mean, we, she'd come in, she'd break the door down sometimes, you know, and I would, and I would actually, and this is how crazy it was. I would get caught with meth in my hand that she came in the door and saw, and I'd be like, and I'd honestly be like, no, that's Wendell's, that's Tony's or something like that. You know, it was never mine. Like I never owned up to anything. If she would see stuff in my nose, I'd be like, nope, not, it's not that, it's not that, you know. And um, and I was just making her insane, like, you know, and, and she talks about, like, where you draw the line. Well, I would say horrible things to her, and and just we would, we would kill each other with words. Mm-hmm. My dad always told me, it don't matter what a girl does to you, you never hit them. Mm-hmm. So I never hit her. You know, but she would hit me and like I would uh, destroy televisions like and we had kids in the house, too. You know, it was like, I mean, it was insanity. Like uh, even I can remember one time like I do stuff like crazy stuff like meow at her and <laughs> yeah, and um, and she'd get so furious of me meowing, you know. She'd be walking up the stairs. She'd be like, "If you meow again, I'm coming down there and hitting you." She'd be like, "Meow!" And, uh, and Nick just Nick, taunting. Yeah, you. and Nick would be sitting right next to me, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she'd come down and just drill me in the face like Mike Tyson. And I'd be like, "Oh, is that is that like flies that are on my face?" You know. Mm-hmm. And we just keep like it was just like we had have broken stuff everywhere. The police would come. Mm-hmm each other yeah just tormenting each other with just like mostly words i mean we broke a lot of stuff like looking back i don't even know how we paid for stuff because i had a bad <laughs> gambling addiction too Very i mean i was spending five six hundred dollars a day paychecks yeah paychecks like just on within gambling. 90 minutes easily i used to get alerts on my phone twenty dollars gone eighty dollars gone a hundred dollars gone 
And before I knew it, my whole entire paycheck was gone. And a couple of times Sam stole checks. He says they weren't stealing because his name was on them. But but he would steal checks to where I would, like, hide them in hats. And, and, I mean, your life is not... It's not normal, but it's normal to you. Yeah. Wow. And I and this was nine years. Yeah. And what happened is like our very first year together, Sam and I could hardly even say a cuss word to each other. We would we would fake curse to yeah. each other, like SpongeBob language, you know. And then it went to I cursed the day that I married you. Mm-hmm. And my prayers were God, please just take every single memory of Sam out of my mind. Just harden my heart. I mean, I was literally asking to harden my heart. Mm. And, I mean, that's just, it's crazy because I didn't care that the kids were there. I didn't care. It it was just like I was just completely numb to it. All I saw was Sam. Mm -hmm. Sam was the center of my universe. He was everything to me. He was my oxygen. He was the reason I was alive. He was the reason I was going to die. It would be to the point where I'd pack up his stuff and I'd be like, all right, you're out of here. I, I can't I can't live here anymore. I can't live with you like this anymore. And he'd be like, okay, I'm gone. And I'd be like, no, no, please don't go. Yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the only thing that kept us uh, together was Rousey, our dog. Our puppy doggy. Yeah, because we didn't want to kill the dog. Mm-hmm. Get it in half and give it to each other. Oh, right. that's brutal. <laughs> that's so brutal. But he, Sam was very, very good about using Bible verses against me too. So he would use God, which would make me repel from God. Mm. And he'd be like, well, you know, what's, what's the one, please help me here about. um, I don't don't know what I do. The reason I do what I do, but I do it. Paul speaking. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what verse it is. It's Romans something. Yeah. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. <laughs> the whole entire reason why we're here, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll look it up. I know it is. But that was that was used against me. And then it was the, the famous one about there's nothing worse than um, a, a nagging wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dripping faucet. Dripping faucet. Yeah. So that was my nickname was Drip. Mm-hmm. Drip. Mm-hmm. Drip. <laughs> yeah, but it would definitely drive me crazy. Yeah. Too. No, I mean, it was, but it, and it just got worse and worse and worse. I mean, kids were calling the police. Police mm-hmm. were showing up. Yep. Sam would use the excuse of his parents being dead. Mm. And the one guy even said, hey, man, you know, I'll bring a baseball bat over if you want to just go out back and we'll, and I'm like, seriously? Mm-hmm. He got away with it. One of the times the police showed up and they said, can we see your husband? Because they needed proof. And Mm -hmm. I'm literally holding on to broken glass in my hands, in my pocket, in my robe, Mm -hmm. bleeding. And the minute that the police show up, you're like, hey, how's it going? You know, and it's just not. Yeah. It just wasn't. It wasn't natural. But it was everyday life. Mm -hmm. Everyday life. I'd go to work and there'd be um, what our house would be ransacked, wouldn't it? Yeah. Did you find the verse? Okay, it's Romans seven fifteen. <laughs> I don't know real I don't really understand why myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead I do what I hate. But if I do if I know what if I know that 
what I am doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. Sorry for the sixth grade reading level. <laughs> no, you're great. Yeah, that's that's a toughie. Yeah. So, you know, but and we could just go on and on, but it's the same, it's the same thing. The devil uses the same playbook over and over and over again. Right. I've talked to many of my friends who have um husbands that are either alcoholics or um caught up in addiction. And I'll be like, okay, let's just go through what page the devil's on right now because it's the same exact thing mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Um, they make you think that they're doing better and they pull you in and they keep you there, tormenting you mm-hmm. to where, like for me, I got so comfortable with my demons that they would tuck me in bed at night. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's that's like brutal to think about. That's a very... I'm just laying back in bed and they're just like, okay, we got you. Right. I wasn't looking for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for God. I was angry at God because yeah. Sam was showing me um, that basically I'm a dripping faucet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm doing everything wrong in God's eyes. So guess what comes out of that? Victimization. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how it all plays together. Mm-hmm. Like, so her childhood, she was adopted, you know, and so I'm sure there's some abandonment issues in that. Uh, she had some stuff happen to her growing up that probably gave her insecurities. And so, like, like from childhood, I, I fed into something from her childhood that she grabbed a hold of, you know. Yeah. So it's all, it's, she was just, as, the, I say the addiction isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The addiction is just a band-aid over the real problem. Right. Like the real problem is a heart yes. issue. Absolutely. And all all of us have heart issues yes. before Christ. Christ yes. changes things in your heart. He purifies your heart. He softens your heart. And um, so it was just that. Like she she was just as much addi- a, an addict as I was. I was. Yeah. 100%. I was addicted to anger. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to being... It was just chaos. I mean, you get addicted to, like, you get so comfortable in chaos Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you feel like that's normal. It's so far from normal. Right. Like, you don't have rest. You don't have... um, It's just... It's... Your mind's so wrapped up in what's going on that you can't even think about anything else, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how we paid bills (laughs) or... Anything. I, right. I, looking back, it's just crazy. Like, I don't even know how we survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's Jesus. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing, too, that a lot of people don't understand is why would I stay? Yeah. Like, why would I stay? Well, I was on my second marriage. Um, you, you know, you're kind of fed that you're damaged goods. Mm-hmm. And so that comes into play where, who am I, you know? Um, I had no idea what it meant to be a daughter of Christ. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what that meant. And in all of this, there was still seeds that were being planted. It's just the soil wasn't ready. Right. And when the soil was ready is only when my heart postures shifted Mm -hmm. and poor Tony was caught in the middle of our chaos a couple of times. (laughs) Yes. Tony's with us also. Go ahead. Yes. Thank you for having me again. 
Yeah. Tony, um, Tony had this amazing ability to also come in as the knight in shining armor. <laughs> and he had this, this charm about him, but Sam and I were, were going toe to toe and all of that. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I heard is that when you're ready to sin, the devil's ready to give you a ride mm -hmm. and it can show up looking like a knight in shining armor. Absolutely. Tony or <laughs> just kidding. Or, I mean, it can show up as anything. Mm -hmm. um, but with me, it showed up as everything that was taking Sam away from me, mm -hmm. even though my time with Sam was not quality time by any means. It was very uncomfortable. I got to the point where I was looking so much. I had so much anger inside of me that I was looking for that release. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I just tell people, y'all, look up, mm -hmm. call his name out. It's powerful. So what was your moment when you decided to look up and call out? So my moment is I had this book of 75 grievances, and women have this amazing ability to repeat things in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I was like friends with Tony, friends with Jason, Sam and Jason hang out all the time. Sam and Tony hang out. All the I mean, it's just a repeat of, of the same thing, mm -hmm. but it was 75 grievances. Sam and I were literally doing, what was that thing called? The love dare, the love dare. And all I could find was everything wrong with Sam, mm -hmm. every single thing wrong with Sam and like what I was doing and, and what he, he wasn't doing. And, um, what I realized is my prayers were all about myself when I finally did start crying out to God, they were like, why God, why would you have me in this marriage? Why would you have me with a man like this? He was supposed to be an upgrade. You know, he was my soulmate, all of this other stuff. And the, the shift has to happen mm -hmm. when you, have a relationship with Christ. When you're trying to fix somebody, he's going to do something to show, let's look at you. Mm -hmm. And when he says, let's look at you, sometimes that's not the best picture in the world. And I had Sam sitting in front of me and I was already kind of starting to change my prayer journal from Lord, just please let Sam know what it means to have you in you know, to have you in his life, Lord, I just want Sam to know peace. Mm -hmm. Lord, just send your angels to protect him mm -hmm. because Sam would sleep in parking lots and wouldn't be home for two or three days. And I just was waiting for that call. And that was one of the main reasons why I learned how to stay up because you never knew when that call was going to come. Right. But I had come to peace with that because God was becoming the center mm -hmm. and Sam was not my center anymore. He wasn't my oxygen. He wasn't my life support mm -hmm. and God was, and I didn't even realize it. And like my final prayers and stuff were so like love driven, mm -hmm. not of a emotional kind of love, but a spiritual kind of love. Yeah. So when I read Psalm 51, it says, um, um, in Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. 
Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves, then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. And as I was reading this to him in front of me, because everybody knows, Lord, search my heart and make me pure whiter than snow. I mean, that's like on people's walls, and half people don't even really truly understand what that means. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was just reading it, and I was getting it. Because when it said, forgive me for shedding blood, what I was doing is by saying I hated my husband, I was murdering him. Mm -hmm. I was literally praying death over him, um, even though I thought that it was like retribution or me being, you know, feeling righteous and all of that. But what God showed me was an image that I will never forget. He literally showed me as being that Roman soldier that was whipping Jesus. Mm. And and that's like an image that you can't get out of your head. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to do that to God. I wanted to do that to Sam, you know, (laughs) and that's that's a horrible place to think. But it was truth. And we're being open and honest here. When I saw that my hurtful words and my fists of fury, haha, and um, everything that I was putting on Sam mm-hmm. was hurting God mm-hmm. because that was his child. Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking at that image in my head, I look at Sam across from me and I just see God just holding this little boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I have made him my child, and he's not my child. He's my husband. He's my helper mate. He's my other connecto. And God is showing me, hey, he's mine. I've got him. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I just knew that this was out of my control. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to fix him for nine years in a marriage, and it was just becoming more and more broken, making me more and more broken, making me more and more self-righteous. And I hated the person that I was becoming, especially when God showed me who I was. Mm -hmm. And I think the beautiful thing with God is his voice of correction becomes a transformation. Mm -hmm. And when you are transformed in Christ, you don't even, when you look in the rearview mirror, you don't see yourself anymore. You don't see your past anymore. You just see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you just see that you're headed in a totally different direction. So I think that's um, basically for me, Sam saw like a kindness and a loving. And I just, it didn't matter what he did. If he, snorted a line right in front of me and he would do that sometimes just to really truly push the envelope Mm -hmm. it didn't matter if I knew or not anymore I didn't matter but God like protected me with that and I didn't do anything it was 100% God yeah and when that veil of hatred and anger and envy and sometimes even jealousy of the people that were getting to spend time with Sam and think that they were getting this great guy. Um, I it, it was just, there was a love that was a totally different kind of love. It mm-hmm. wasn't an emotional love. So my heart had to shift. Mm-hmm. My prayers had to shift. And it had to be taken off of me. And it wasn't about me anymore. It was about God. And it was about saving Sam's life. Yeah. 
So it became life or death prayers. So mm. what I tell women nowadays when they're like, well, why did you stay? And I was like, because my prayers weren't right. My mm-hmm. heart wasn't right. And until my heart was right, it had to set things into motion. Mm. And I can't explain certain things with God, but yeah. it just happened. Yeah, that's amazing. Our prayers are powerful. Our prayers are powerful. Mm-hmm. Sam, how did it feel when, did you notice a difference with Chrissy? Oh, yeah, like I said uh, a week ago, I I saw something leave her, like something came yeah. off of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tried everything in my power to get her to go back to the old Chrissy, but she wouldn't go back. Mm-hmm. So the, the way I tell people is I was walking into a house and Jesus was in there, Yeah, you know, and I started, but it started me getting darker and darker, like I... I got to a place where I just wanted to die. I mean, I didn't. She was she was doing the right thing. I wasn't doing the right thing, and I was like, "There's no way I can stop this. Like, I cannot quit." I thought I couldn't live without methamphetamine, and uh, but the one good thing about that is that's how I live my life now with Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I go after Jesus. The same way I went after methamphetamine, and. Um, and so it was just a dark place for me. I mean, but the love that she was, the love of Jesus coming through her mm-hmm. was changing me, and I didn't even know it at the time. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. So it was good. Yes. Well, one thing that we wanted to do was because these things are so real, we wanted Tony to share some information or resources on if you are struggling with something and you don't know how to get help or you, are listening to this and you kind of feel convicted or even if it's something super small, anything can turn into something huge. So we just ask that Tony come back on and share the Blake house information. And Sam wants to say something also. Yeah. Can I just want to say if we can, me and Tony and even Chrissy talk about like, um, the darkness in it all. Cause I know there's probably some men out there that are going through a lot of yes. stuff right now mm-hmm. and they're scared to talk about it. They're scared to, um, they're scared to let anyone know what's going on. I, I mean, I know like there's a porn, a, a big porn addiction in the church. And I know that, um, and in uh, methamphetamine addiction, you get into porn very badly. Um, it almost gets just as bad as the uh, methamphetamine addiction. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's hidden, and you can do it without anyone knowing. And But it's, it's, de- it's a dark addiction that destroys families. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is talk about it with another dude or just get someone. You can even come up to me and Tony. We'll talk to you all day about it. We'll even tell you all the bad stuff we did so you feel comfortable with talking about anything, because me and Tony can tell you some stuff. Um, yeah, the key is <clears throat> to to become vulnerable and um, overcome that fear of uh, speaking about things that that don't seem manly, um, that you hold on to, that keep you in bondage. But you'll 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 understand immediately as soon as you speak that out into existence, it gets de- destigmatized, and then it. it, it it goes into the spiritual realms and it, it starts to uh, be deflated. <clears throat> um, I just wanted to touch a, touch on something real quick that was said about the identity about Chris, Chrissy, and Sam. 
and this goes with couples as, as well as individuals, um, it is a heart condition. It is an identity crisis. It's, uh, it's a, it's a self-centered in and of the world type existence to where you draw your value and your concepts of what people look like from society. And they're all lies. Cause uh, you know, the devil just wreaks havoc on society, on girls and guys and, and, and our beliefs. We got these jacked up belief systems and then we got broken hearts and then our hearts become hardened. And then we reach out for whatever we can, whether that be drugs, whether it be diets, whether it be, being consumed about how we look or the way people perceive us. It's like, it's all, it's all an identity crisis. And the biggest part is, is, is communication. It's, it's talking about how you feel, talking about what you're going through, talking about, you know, where you came from, whatever it looks like for you is what it looks like for you. But I just, I just want to, to say to, guys and girls out there that may be struggling with addiction or, or mental health issues or depression or some kind of complex or, or lies that people are telling you, you do have purpose. You do have worth. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are special. There are no mistakes. God creates you for a reason. And he is just dying for you to understand and to embrace that, to have a relationship with him and, and, and Christ will walk you through it. And then you have the Holy spirit inside you to kind of navigate you through this process. So anybody that's out there that's struggling with addiction, by all means, uh, the Blake house is a program, but there's, there's many like it. Um, you can go on the website, the blakehouse.net. Um, it'll, it'll kind of guide you through our faith-based type program, but the blood of Christ will take care of whatever your issue is. Um, my phone number is 470-235-8417. And the Blake House's phone number is 770-537-1221. You can reach out to those if you're a girl, if you're looking for a girl-type program, if you're looking for an outpatient, whatever. There's all kind of resources out there for you. You do not have to struggle. You are not an addict. You are not an alcoholic. You are not hopeless. You are none of those things. Those are all lies from the pit of hell. And, and please just 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 reach out to someone, someone of the church, someone in a in a in a spiritual authority type position, or just there 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 are other resources online if you if you have access to electronic means that you can you can you can get those. But the most important thing is just to seek it, just to uh, just to take that step and overcome that fear, and just choose to have something different in your life because there is something different, and it comes through Jesus and a relationship with Jesus. I think the biggest lie to the whole thing is, um, like most people will think, oh, a nine month program is a uh, is a long time, but usually when you're in addiction, you're doing a lot of crazy stuff for nine months. So nine months isn't really that long, you know. Ten month program, twelve month program, it's just like that. It goes by so fast. Um, so. That's the only thing I'd say is a lot of people are decline help because they're like, oh, nine months, that's such a long time. But if they don't get help, they're going to be doing drugs for nine months. And I like that you guys said last week that for the majority of your lives, the majority of the time you've spent on this earth was spent in turmoil and pain 
and you could have been living a better life, you know? And so, um, even if it does seem like a long time, it's worth it. It's worth your time to gain your life back, to meet Jesus, to develop a relationship with him, to get help. Like it's worth it. It's something you'll never regret doing. And even if you relapse, you'll get sober again. It's, it's worth it to get up multiple times and keep going and keep chasing after the life that God has destined for you. And God does have a purpose and a plan for you. Amen. And, um, and all those little things, uh, I just want to uh, make a point on this. All those little things that we keep hidden in the dark are destroying people. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that I could get every man in the church just to, you know, if there's any anything in them that's not light to just, to confess to someone because you get healing in confession. Like that's the biggest thing that I've noticed with uh, people on drugs, people addicted to porn or addicted to anything is it's just they're captured by something in their past that they can't let go of. And the reason they can't let go of it is because they're ashamed of it. They don't want to talk about it. And so they hold on to it like it's going to go away or something, but it never goes away. you got to confess it to a brother. you got to talk about it to someone. And I just, that's the main thing I would, I really want to get out to men everywhere. Yeah, it says in James five sixteen, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I think the one thing that Sam and Tony have um, said many times is if you're by yourself and you're holding all that in by yourself, you're fighting those demons by yourself. You know, you need, brothers need to lock arms. Sisters need to lock arms. And there's so much shame that keeps people in silence to where they just suffer in silence and they don't have to. And like, like you guys say, you know, you can talk about it because you're set free from it, but the people that aren't set free from it don't even know how to even move like that first step. And I think that's where we come in as believers is we have to make that first step for them. We have to step towards them and bring them into the light and bring them into our stories, show them our muck and mire and because we've been set free from it. So why not use his glory and tell you know, what he's done through us instead of making people think that he's doing stuff to us? Mm-hmm. So, Well, with that being said, if anyone else needs to say something. I just want to thank you ladies for, uh, yes. for doing this, for, um, for touching on this, this, this topic. It's, it's, um, it's very powerful what you're doing. You inspire me, both of you. Um, you. I love you very much. And I thank you for uh, allowing us to share our testimony. And, and, and it's about communication. It's about not being afraid of it. It's about hitting it head on. It's a, and it's about doing it as a body of Christ. Yes. Because we're Absolutely. all in this together. Yes. So Chrissy, since you just mentioned it, would you pray for those who might be struggling secretly or feeling like they don't know how to escape it or even feeling like Sam, like, I want to do the right thing, but I... I, I know I won't. Will you just pray for those people that they have the boldness, the courage, and the conviction just to lay it all out and <laughs> so that they can be healed? Absolutely. 
Father God, you are a good, good Father, and we thank you so much for this blessing and this time of fellowship right now, just to be your voice, Lord. We thank you for everything that you have done in our lives and letting us just be in that pit. I'm grateful for the pit because it brought my relationship to you, Lord, and I just I pray for the women out there, the men out there that are hiding that are in shame, that feel like they're just not important or nobody understands what they're going through. That's just lies from the enemy, and we rebuke that. We declare victory over fear. We declare victory over addiction. We declare victory over any kind of abuse that has happened in your childhood. We declare victory over any kind of abuse that is happening right now, whether it be from you or whether it be from your spouse or somebody that is, you know, in your very own home. And Father, I just pray that they just feel that freedom, that freedom of just floating in the Spirit and soaking in the Spirit and being in your presence, Lord. Let their eyes be open to you, Lord. Let their ears be open to you, to the truth. Let their minds be immersed in the word, Lord, because that is the truth. You cannot lie, Lord. You say that your thoughts are on us as much as every grain of sand on this earth, Lord. And that is the truth. You love us undoubtedly, unconditionally. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your son dying on the cross for us. We're just taking everything upon him, Lord, We thank him for doing that so that we can be washed clean by the blood and that so that we can come to know you, Father, to truly just soak in your marvelousness. And we do all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, you guys, and we will see you all next week. 